Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Yo, what's up? This is the big Shaquille O'Neal. I used to be the big Shamrock, the big Cavalier. Make sure you support me and Andy Steinberg's podcast. Go to iTunes and... Spears and Steinberg. Spears and Steinberg. Spears and Steinberg. Spears and Steinberg. On iTunes. On iTunes and rate something? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to rate us. 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 We got to know what, what's, what's going on. So we, can we move up on and get some stars on uh, on iTunes? Yeah. DMX, we need some stars on iTunes. Go to Spears and Steinberg on iTunes. Rate a motherfucker. Uh-huh. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> Spears and Steinberg. All right, another episode. Here we are in, um, where are we? Uh, Ontario. Ontario, Inland Empire. Yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're doing uh, improv out here. Actually, it's been great shows. Coming, coming back from uh, off of Memphis, we talked about how uh, this, would be, this would feel like the resurrection of Superman and Justice League. Uh, and it know. has felt more than that to me. Right, uh, <laughs> right, right. I I actually had people that were excited, didn't get mad when they saw me come out on stage. No, and that, that's why when you when you open up with, uh, "Hey guys, I get it," I, you know, I'm, I'm not excited. I, I'm not excited. It's me either. either. Yeah, uh, that really didn't apply here. No, no, because no, <laughs> no. they're genuinely excited and and want to have a good time. I, I told you, man, it was going to feel great to get back into a place that reminded you you were a comedian. Yeah, it's uh, it has a whole different feel here, but the room here is a great room. It's an old style comedy room. It's it's not what uh, improvs and, and levities and, right. are building anymore. Yeah, it it, uh, it it's definitely not like a hole in the wall like some comedy clubs, but uh, it, it looks like it could use a remake. Uh, but you know, if you're coming from the old school of, of comedy, that's what we like. It's like a old it's like an old boxing gym where you go and you work out. And you put your training in, yeah, because it's set up really well. Like you can't see everybody, but you can feel them. You can feel everybody. Yeah, yeah, and every and, and it's and it's really tight and intimate. And uh, like I said, I just love the fact that I'm 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 back to feeling like, oh yeah, I I fucking do this. Yeah. I, I I got I'm a little good. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, that Memphis shit, boy, that was that was some that was some uh, bad. It's like a bad hit of drugs. That was some some coke mixed with powder and sugar. It's just work. It's, it didn't feel like it didn't like the pleasure of having this job is that I don't feel like I'm going to work. And right. I was in Memphis, I was going to work. Oh, we were both going to work. We were going through work, misery, depression. We we're laying bricks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, these people and and you know plus the diversity. 
you know, Memphis and certain, and you know, the South is just primarily 98% black folks. Uh, here it's such a mixture. You know, it's Latinos, it's whites, it's blacks, it's, um, Middle Eastern, it's, uh, you know, it's everybody, man. It's Indian. It's, it's such a, it's such a mix of, mix of people in, in diverse cultures that it lends itself to, to comedy being able to just affect everybody. Well, like, your, your jokes don't have to be contained to just cultural. Well, and in Memphis, they had to count me to make it not 100% black. <laughs> and and here I don't get counted in the mix because right. it's just a mix. Like you said, it's a mix. And there was nothing wrong with doing that room in Memphis. I actually enjoyed the work. But again, let me rephrase, rephrase it correctly. It was work. Yeah. But I did enjoy it, but it was work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't enjoy it, and it was work. Okay. <laughs> but okay. But here we are in Ontario. We're having a good time. Uh, we got one more show tonight, Sunday. You guys are not going to know that because this isn't going to come out till Wednesday. But uh, where are we going to be? We're not going to be anywhere for a couple weeks. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I actually ha- had the rest of uh, December off. Uh, and then I just at the last minute booked a New Year's Eve gig. In Atlantic, in, in Atlanta, uh, at Center Stage Theater, sort of one night, uh, and then the next time we regroup is the uh, first week of January in Pittsburgh. Okay, that you that's going to happen. Yes, that's going to happen. Okay, and I'm gonna I, have my, I'm gonna have my new road schedule finished uh, by the end of next week, and I'll shoot it over to you. Okay, and I'm going to be uh, for one week actually. Uh Stand up live and uh, Tempe Improv put me uh, on a show out there. With nice, Ian Bag. I think it's I don't know the exact date, uh, but it's one of the last few. AndyComedy.com. You can find out the date if anybody actually wants to go in Phoenix and check it out. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that's the end of our year. Uh, yeah, uh, it was great. This has been uh, for me. It's been an eye opening and amazing experience. Right, right. Uh, well, yeah, I, I I got a chance to see you. <clears throat> you know, it's funny in in this comedy thing how. And, I, and, I, and I, I would assume this is true with most of, of life. Uh, anything you do long enough, even if, if you suck at it at first, uh, or even if you don't like it and you're not passionate about it, but you have to do it. And not saying that's obviously where you are or where I'm at in this position, but just anything that you do, I think when you do it long enough, not to say that you'll ever like it, or if you don't have the, the talent at your core, uh, you can only be so good, but nonetheless, uh, if you are totally raw and totally green, eventually you pick up on things and eventually you start to figure it out and, and you, and you, you know, you, you get better. And like, again, with comedy, there's so many facets to this, you know, the ability to tell jokes is one thing, but then to improvise, to do crowd work, you know, to deal with hecklers, all of that is tricks of the trade and, 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 uh, it's been cool to see you kind of come out of your box a little bit. You know, it's like so many comics, we all have have a playbook. But uh, depending on what the defense gives you, you got to call that audible. And uh, it was fun watching you last night, especially during the, fr- the first show. When they when the, when the two dudes, it was a little, a little hectic, a little rowdy, uh, some drunken shit going on with the four white chicks, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, but to just see you attack that like that and, and get out of that, that box and, and, and call that audible. It was fun. Cause I, again, I, I remember when I started comedy, one of the things I was the weakest at and I was actually terrified of was, you know, well, when's that day come when I got to deal with a heckler? And, you know, like I said before, Joe Torrey and DL Hewley are masters. They were masters. They still are. But when I first got in the game, I noticed immediately these dudes were masters at shutting down hecklers. And I was just like, man, I hope I never have to cause that ain't my thing. But the longer I kept doing this and eventually I kept putting my feet in the water and 
and and it, it got to be something that and I'm not gonna call myself a master or say I'm great at it, but I know how to throw I know I know how to throw them things when when, when it comes time to get into that shit. Uh, to, so to see you do it was fun, man. Well, you know, and when you say that about like when you were watching DL. I watch you, and then you made me really go back and look at Patrice. Yeah. And uh, I, I really, as the opener, because we usually do a two-man show. Yeah. So I'm the host and the opener. And I really never wanted to do that, that crowd work because I always feel that's like the that's the headliner's deal. And if, yeah. if I can get away with not doing it, not to do it. But last night was a situation where if I didn't call it out, I might as well have just gotten off stage. Exactly. And, 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 it's, and it's crazy because <clears throat> there are so many comics who, when they're in that situation, uh, they're like a deer in headlights. You could see it. You could see it. You could see the fear in their eyes, and you could see them uh, freeze up a little bit. And, and, I, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know, uh, just some inside info for those listening or for those that want to get into comedy. You know, comics who can't handle hecklers will often work out a saying with the security. In the club, like when when uh, when the hecklers get to be too much, they'll just say to them, "Sir, you look like you could use a cup of coffee," and that's code for the security of the doorman to sh- shut the situation down. And some guys, they yeah, they they uh, they they can't do it. But you know, those that do, that's that's part of your job, man. That's part of your that's that's one of your skill sets. Part of your skill set, uh, you should be able to handle that and handle it well. Um, and, and we and we had fun with it. And uh, yeah, we're professional assholes. But we're starting to work differently together. Like we're getting into each other's uh, flow. A yeah, a little bit, bit, a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's that's what that's what made it really cool because you did something different last night that we haven't done before. Well, I, I and and I told you that if the situation ever presented itself, I would uh, without giving away your bit. You know, uh, there's a thing that Andy does in his bit, which. Because of the situation, uh, I, I I get involved and it's a great callback, uh, so it really works. Uh, yeah, you jumped on and tagged it right back. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was great, and it really it it changed the flow of the show. Where um, it wasn't like I it wasn't like people were going, oh, he had to do that. They went on there and you did it, and then it was like, oh, this is the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like tell tell them what I like what you said. There was four uh, white girls drunk off their ass and uh they they were fucking loud and uh tell them what you said i thought it was great because because as a comic the way you 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 did it i could tell what the punchline was going to be because of the way you set it up because i'm going what would i say based on that setup and it was only one thing to say and i and before you said it i swear to god i closed my eyes and i went this is what i would say and sure as shit you said it because it was the perfect alley-oop it was the perfect alley oop. Well, uh, there was four girls, and they were four uh, white girls, and I think it's important to say it's four white girls because there is nothing that gets louder than white chicks that are drunk. Well, I'll say this: I know what you mean, but remember when we were in uh, where the fuck were we? Greensville. Uh, that one show, all black, pretty much. Okay. And them three black bitches that was drunk, drunk. Period. <laughs> I say I, I know what you're going for, I, and, and you're right to a degree. Drunk. Period comes in all assholes, w- men, women, black, white, Latino. But some there's something very. Woo! 
but see about that, white women when they drink. Yeah, but see that the, the difference is those black women at that show they were like they were getting into your show overly aggressive. They were like doing the woo and you say it and yeah. So mm-hmm. that was throwing you off that way. When I was saying these white chicks, they didn't care about the show. They didn't care about anything that was going right. on. They were just loud onto themselves. Right. And that's when I just said I understand there were four attractive white women. It's four vaginas. Their whole life, everybody wants to know what they want to say. But at this particular moment, I wanted the one thing that all men want from women, and that was just for them to shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Like, but I, I, again, detail is is very important. Uh, you worded it differently I did just it now than you did I last did. night. I did. I worded it differently. You, you, I know, but I was in we, the moment last night, right? But but that's important though, because this is important. When you say this stuff, it, that detail is can make or break it. But when you said you you four ladies have something that all men want, which is vaginas, but then and say it again. But then you also have that other thing that all men want is for you to shut, shut the, the fuck up. up. Yeah, yeah, and it was just it was yeah it was perfectly put last night. But uh, we had that. It was a fun show. I, I tried to say something to him that I thought was going to get a laugh, but I think it was more scary than anything. I said, "If you four white bitches don't shut up, you're going to make me go in the back and put on an OJ Simpson jersey, and I'm going to come out here and kill you." <laughs> no, that wasn't scary at all, Aries. That wasn't scary. You should have seen their faces when they left last night. Though. Oh yeah, I saw. Oh, them yeah. I was setting a merch, and I see. I saw them leaving. You know, it's I, I, sometimes we, we do this so much. In terms of, like a lot of times, I'll go to a city that I, a new city, and somebody will go, "Yo, where were you last week?" And I, I literally blank out because I've been doing this so much that all this shit starts to run together. So I'm not sure sometimes on this podcast if I say things that I've said before. But but if 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 I if I've said this before, forgive me. But again, drunk people, man, I, you know it's amazing to me that people. I would think that. Again, the more you do something in life, the better you should be at it with repetition. I don't give a fuck what it is. Even if you if you if you do drugs, you know, when you smoke your first cigarette, you <coughs> you cough and you gag and but the more you do it, your body gets used to it and then you're a pro. You can make smoke rings and do all kind of tricks and shit. And I, I just I, drunk people, I don't understand. At some point if you drink, you should know your body chemistry. You should know when enough is enough. Like I drink, and, and, but I can't remember the last time I was ever shit faced or threw up or blacked out. I drink and when I get to a point where I go, oh yeah, I'm feeling right. Now I'm a coast. I, people that get drunk and become Mr. Hyde or Dr. Jekyll, whichever one is the monster, like you can't control, you don't know that you become an asshole. And when people show up to shows and they drunk and they yell out and they and they try to make the show about them and they're, they're saying shit that isn't relevant, that isn't funny, trying to throw off your timing. And then what's so funny to me is when they get reprimanded, drunk people always turn into these pouty children and, and they just sit there with that puss on their face. Like, what did I do? I didn't do nothing. You do nothing. And it's like, but and then what kills me is they think their punishment to us is they look at you like, now I'm not going to laugh for the rest of this show. Like, motherfucker, they think that because they're not laughing, the whole room is feeling what they're feeling. The whole room feels is going to respond how they respond or don't respond. Like, the whole room is going, we're not laughing either. Like, no, motherfucker, you by yourself. And I, we'd rather have your silence and everybody else's laughter than the, than, than the, the uh, vice versa. 
Like, why do drunk people, they get into a, a zone and in a universe where they believe, they? I think they really believe everybody is having the same good time I'm having. Yeah. Me yelling out and acting like an asshole and a fool, they all feel and see what I see. And it's like, no, motherfucker, that's just you. Well, they think they're adding to the show, but you said it best last night. You don't go to Le Miserable. You yeah, don't you don't go, go to, to Hamilton and fucking start yelling shit out in the middle of... We, we know what we're doing. We right. have it's, it's, a, it's a live performance. You would not go to Les Miserables and, and yell at the actors because you think it helps the show. You know, we, this is a, this, we, listen, when we get on the next plane and go to the next city, motherfucker, you won't be there. <laughs> you won't be there. So we don't need your fucking help. We, we do this before you and we do it during you and we do it after you. Shut the fuck up. It's just annoying. It's just, as much as I love pussy, there are two things that are, are, are a deal breaker for me uh, with a woman. I don't give a fuck if it's Rihanna, Beyonce, Megan Fox. You could be the baddest bitch on the planet. If you're drunk and you're just that annoying drunk, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not fucking with you. Oh, and two, my biggest pet peeve, I don't give a fuck how fine you are. If you walk on the concrete in your bare feet, <laughs> and I think this is really a while. I've seen black girls do it, but but those, again, are the white black girls that secretly want to be white. Pure black women don't do that shit. White girls do that a lot. That, when your feet get black, like, and where the fuck you, you going to get in my car with that shit? <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, what bitch? Put, uh, that, people, ugh, dogs shit on the concrete, piss on the concrete, people whoop, spit on the concrete, piss. The, the germs. And you gonna put your black ass feet in my motherfucking ride? Yeah, that's the turn. I, I, I see you do that. I don't want you. I don't want the pussy. <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad you have a place to draw the line. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a deal breaker for me. Uh, uh, dr drunk, overly drunk. And bare feet on concrete. I, I'm, I'm good. And the reason there's alcohol at a comedy show, and this is, I think, people need to understand, it's not there to make us funnier. It's there to lower your fucking guard. It's there so right. that your fucking brain doesn't get in the way of what's funny. Yeah, so you can have a good time and loosen up. Uh, yeah, I just, people control, know your body chemistry, man. Know your liquor. God damn. Do you think, uh, like when you said black girls don't walk, do you think Stacey Dash walks on the... Oh, no, I know that bitch probably does the worm on the concrete. <laughs> 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 Butt naked. <nigga. laughs> uh, I don't know why I threw her out into the bus on that. I just uh, thought it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking speaking of uh, political figures, uh, that was that's the segue too. Yeah, that, that is the segue. We know I, we know her stance. Uh, well, you know your other friend, uh, the sheriff, was uh, Coon uh, Clark on CNN, uh, or was he on Fox? <sighs> I think he was on Fox, and uh, uh, he was uh, he was giving his stance on why Trump again was great and why he should be at the Civil Rights mu uh, Museum. You know, uh, I saw a tweet yesterday. A response from Soledad O'Brien uh, towards here, here the here the coons. I really can't stand Sheriff Clark Amarosa. I don't know the guy's last name, but his name is Paris. He's one of the uh, one of those political pundits. Larry Elders, and of course my two favorite coon mammies, Diamond and Silk, or as I like to call them, mm -hmm, and Shoal is these two bitches, biscuit making bitches. Uh, been campaigning for Trump since day one, 
and I mean, really, when when you when you watch them, they're a, they're a tandem, and they go on these rants. And the last one I saw, uh, they did this kind of singy songy thing when they go. And they take turns talking like like I think it's so annoying when Siamese twins feel the need to talk at the same time and finish each other's senses. We fucking get it. You twins. Fuck out of here with that corny, cute shit. Siamese twins are regular twins. You just mean regular twins. twins. I mean yeah. regular twins. Yeah. Uh, but Diamond, sounded racist for a second. <laughs> Diamond and Silk will do this thing where they go, mm-hmm, girl, and such, 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 such. And the other one jumps in. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. They do all the minstrel shit that white people love. And. They were saying this thing about when somebody say something, something, something about Donald Trump, you have to say, and then they both would say at the same time, yes, he is your president. And I, I just went, these two minstrel bitches. Oh, God, I can't stand them. And Soledad O'Brien was talking. Oh, oh, let me. They were basically talking about Roy Moore. And they were talking about how uh, the, the news is giving us this fake narrative. Uh, of course, CNN, all the news channels are fake news and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, support Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. And Soledad basically said in her tweet, so you girls understand that this president wants you to back a man who said America was at its greatest during slavery. Like, knowing that, Coon Clark, Coon Elders, Coon Stacy Dash, Mammy's shoulders, and that's right. Again, th- this is proof. If you ever thought slavery was a hoax, it couldn't have been real. And that's why, again, I say white people who who quickly tell black people get over it. White people love to tell black people get over it. Oh my God, slavery was a million years ago. Get over it. It's you can't get over it because these are the effects. Slavery has a lot, the same way the Holocaust still to this day has a long lasting effect on Jewish culture. It's the same thing with slavery. Slavery has been black people's Holocaust. These are the effects of slavery because Larry Elder, Sheriff Clark, mm-hmm, and Shoal is, that's where that comes from. That mentality, that thought process. Mm-hmm, Shoal is, mm-hmm. Because if you go back far enough, and they, you know, ancestry. No, no doubt we were all slaves, but some, I'm, some of us were fighters. Some of us were runaways. Some of us was Nat Turner. Everybody wasn't. Yes, sir, boss, I does what you, you know. And and that that level of thinking, that idiocy, it, it comes from. You could tell they would have came from a long line of dedicated Negroes. Even when they were free, they said, "I ain't leaving this plantation. This here my home." That's where that comes from. So it still resonates today. That's why it's hard to get over it. Well, the other thing that I realized, and when we went to, uh, in in Memphis, when we went to the the Civil Rights Museum, I didn't really put it together until I was there that in, uh, I was born in 65, I'm 52 years old. So my my generation, my life, when I became old enough to understand and see things, uh, civil rights it was already impacting the lives of people. So I didn't see it. I didn't grow up with it. So people my age that are supposed to be running shit right now, right. they don't have the historical uh, firsthand knowledge. They have to read about it. They're not feeling it. So when they're saying, just get over it, they don't understand. This just ended. <laughs> it just And it didn't end. It, I mean, it just, let me rephrase that. It just started at the beginning of actually having civil rights, being able to go to a school uh, as a... <laughs> 
you know, when you watch, uh, I don't know if you saw Hidden Figures, but it, it, you don't realize how recent that was, that this chick in the movie wasn't able to attend a college to get her education to get a job at NASA. Right. And that was just the generation before me. That's all it is. We're only one generation removed, and people are going, get over it. And yeah. they don't understand that it is affecting... I don't even want to get into this because I... Uh, I mean, for me, I'm tired of... For me, me saying it, I don't think it's that important. But, I mean, I just don't understand how white folks... Because I'm white, and I get it. I don't understand where that's, they are. That's why it's important that you say it. Because, but, because a lot of times, black causes don't have validity to it till white people are behind it. Well, when, when, when white people start joining Black Lives Matter and, and white people get in, involved, and especially when, when you know, white people suffer at the hands of any kind of physical brutality or danger or you know, uh, unfortunate death, that's when shit gets serious. You know, black people get fucked up all the time standing behind a cause that, that they believe in. But when that white girl got killed being hit with that car and, and where where was that? Um, Charleston? Was it Charleston? I, I don't remember. Exactly. Where, wherever it was. Charleston, Virginia, I think. Wherever it was. Uh, God rest our soul. That's that's when it, that's that's when people really pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that they don't pay attention when the black lives get lost, but if they were really paying attention, then there would be no need for the Black Lives Matter. Well, in that in the Civil Rights Museum again that we went to, uh, which I was really there was a proud moment for me as a white person listening to what this. Uh, there was the three uh, kids who were going out, young men that were yeah. going out to. Uh, uh, for voter registration, and one was black and two were Jewish. Yeah, and the, after, the, the movie that Mississippi Burning was right, based off. Yeah. Right, but when they interviewed the wife of one of the the Jewish men that died, yeah. uh, I think it was Goldstein. Mm -hmm. She said she, and I and I was so proud of someone to to be able to say this. Uh, and, and even after the tragedy that happened to her husband and what he was fighting for uh, for the for civil rights, she looked at him and goes. It's just sad to me that, that that this would not have gotten any attention had it only been the black man that died. Right. But because there was white people involved in the death, at right. least at least attention's being brought to this. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, do you know how you have to lose somebody, your husband, and still be able to look at the camera and right. stay stay on message? Mm -hmm. that, that was pretty impressive because yeah. I, I think I would have just been losing my shit, period. So uh, I don't know. All you got to do is read. You don't have to be anything special. You just have to, if you don't get it and you don't understand it, read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just I listen, just take the time, take the time to care, whether it's read a book, watch a documentary, go down to the museum, you know, uh, just, just, just talk to a black person. Cause it's a lot of times when I argue with white dudes, white people on Twitter, they always tell me how black people are feeling without having discussed anything with black people. This, they, they always tell me I'm wrong about my assessment in what my people do and feel culturally, culturally as though I haven't lived in this skin my entire fucking life. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm, I'm, what, is, what are you basing that off of? Because if you really knew some niggas for real, you would know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. If you really knew some black people, and I'm again, I'm not talking about Niggas that wear choker necklaces and khaki shorts and uh, penny loafers and moccasin shoes with no socks. Them ain't niggas. Them is, them is brothers who hang around with a majority of white people and secretly they want to want to be white. Real niggas don't wear choker necklaces. Historically, you never should have anything that tight around your neck from a historical standpoint. Ever. Niggas wear loose chains that hang down to our navels. 
So if you know some real niggas, you will understand what I am talking about. Well, I think that's going to be the uh, name of this episode. Though. It's going to be Talk to a Black Dude. No, talk to some niggas. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be the name of it. You you made it the name. So I don't know who's going to type it. You're going to type it in. So that, uh, you, you type it in secrecy. No one knows it's you. It's being typed by Aries into the... Uh, <laughs> okay, but uh, so be, being all this political issues that we, we were talking about and getting to know what's going on, there's also another movement going on here right now. And uh, we're losing a senator, Al Franken. Uh, and I have I have some uh, I have some issues with it because I think if you uh, if you are a person that uh, rapes uh, goes after uh, you're a pedophile that you you are going after underage kids mm-hmm. if you are um, if you are uh, physically aggressive like where you're physically hurting someone where you're making people not feel uncomfortable uncomfortable is part of life. But if you're doing all these bad deeds, you you don't have a right to uh, represent a, a country. But we're talking about Al Franken. He's been brought up on. They said this is the second. There's another one. It's kissing. Aggressive kissing is basically what he's uh, what he's in he's in trouble for, and he's going to give up his Senate seat. And you and the reason I'm I'm freaking out about this is when he was a comedian, there was a skit where he had to kiss someone, and she was uncomfortable with it, and she didn't want to do it. But then they ended up doing it, and he was talked into it, and, and then he. She said she aggressively kissed her. He kissed her, and she didn't. Uh, she, that's what she was upset about. But as a comic, as comics talking to each other, and she was a comic. She was in the sketch. She was in the sketch. If we know what your weakness is, we're going to hit it. We're going to. 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 We're going to tickle you. We're going to do whatever it takes to make you up to make you uncomfortable to break out of whatever's holding you back. And if he did that. He did it as a comic. He wasn't a senator at the time. And that was part of their sketch. That was part of what they were doing. That, that picture where he has his hands above her boobs, that's part. I've had pictures taken with other comics around where it looks like people are doing wrong things. It's, it's just the way it is. It's comics. We're, we're on the edge. We're always uh, trying to make something funnier than it is or, or push an envelope. I get that. And I get why people say, oh, well, there's proof. That isn't proof. He was kissing. You're going to lose someone who was really working hard, and he was actually someone that I felt that was for the people. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican, but I felt like he was good for our country, and we're losing people because people are jumping on a bandwagon to come out and say, uh, me too. Yeah. I know you don't want to get into it. No, it's not that. It's just, you know, based on the the topic, you know, you, there's some things you talk about. It, it's like walking through a minefield. So... So it's like you, you want to just how this whole thing is. Uh, it's got a real uh, feel to it. Like, you, you know, you think you know what you want to say, but you have to be careful about what you say and how you say it. Context. Like even when you went how, the way you just ended that with uh, jumping on a bandwagon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I could hear women out there going. Also, is that what a woman being harassed sexually or in any kind of you know uh, wrong way is? It's a it, now it's a it's a bandwagon jump. So you know, I I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, you know, God, oh God, I I, I know what you're saying, man. I, I just you know, I, I get you. I, I'm a, I'm gonna let you have this because I I just. Okay, well, I'm going to read. I'm going to read uh, a letter that some, that uh, that a female who is is a rape survivor wrote about Al Franken. If I can get my phone to open up, because I think it's important. 
because uh, she's she what she was saying is, and I'm not getting it to open up, and I need it to open up because I want to say who she was because I don't want people thinking I'm making anything up here. But one of the things that she was talking about, and when I say bandwagon, I hate to say bandwagon because it's not. This is a serious issue. It's a serious issue where men have been in power and have taken advantage of situations that they've that they've been able to take advantage of. But when I say bandwagon. It's because it is the topic of the day. It's the hot topic of the day. And I think that when we're lumping someone who's a, a, a kisser, lip-to-lip kisser, uh, as a rapist, I, I think we're, we're heading to, uh, and the reason I can call it a bandwagon is because we're throwing kissing and rape into the same category. Now, I, I understand if someone pins you against the corner and, and isn't letting you go and they're trying to kiss you and you feel uh, threatened and that you are going to be raped, that may be one thing, but that's not how any of these stories have come out. And I want this story to open up, and I'm in a room where I don't have Wi-Fi, so let me see if I can get this. All right, okay, I found it. You got it. Yeah, it's uh, a survivor's defense of Al Franken and uh, Dr. G.S. Porter. I wonder if that's is that the one who wrote it? I hope so. Okay, in the letter she said, and I don't want to read it all the way. It says, I'm sick. And this is important. This is what she was saying that I'm trying to say. And she said it way more eloquently than I did. I'm sick of pedophiles. I'm sick of rapists. I'm sick of sexual violence. I'm sick of sexual predators. I'm sick of being reminded moment after moment of the times, yes, plural, that I have been shocked out of my body, stripped of my power, and deprived of the right to defend my own body by a man sexually forcing himself onto me. More than that, I'm sick of my traumas and traumas of other survivors being exploited for political gain and emotional satisfaction on both the left and the right physically sick i am sick to know that i cannot protect myself or uh, my daughters from the pussy grabbing women hating that controls every single law and policy that guides this nation i am sick to know that roy moore exists on even the planet and there are millions of people support uh supportive of the known pedophiles holding power over millions upon millions of women and girls in the state of Alabama and the United States. I'm sick that members of the Trump campaign and former state senators in Oklahoma plead guilty to trial to trial trafficking. And I'm sick that people like uh, Leanne Tweeden feel comfortable enough to take the traumas of women and children that have been the true victims of sexual violence and use them for their own personal gains and political goals of the Republican Party. Leanne Tweeden is the woman uh, that recently accused Al Franken of sexually violating her at a rehearsal for a USO comedy show in 2006. Her decision to take her story public after 10 years of silence has been framed by both the left and the right as a survivor's act of bravery and demands immediate attention and strict consequences. I see Leanne Tweeden's actions quite differently. What Leanne Tweeden has done is stolen the very real trauma of very, uh, of traumas of very survivors, people like me, and mocked them. What she has done is taken our pain and our bravery and our strength and exploited it on behalf of a network of people that actively prey on the women and children she is pretending that she shows solidarity with. What she is doing is vile and is disgusting, and it is dangerous on every personal and political level associated with sexual assault in the United States. Perhaps if she was, in fact, a survivor of sexual assault, she would understand the damage that is being caused by her actions. But she is not a survivor, and she is definitely not a victim of Al Franken. 
Uh, then she wrote, Leanne was never raped. She was never assaulted. She was never a victim of sexual violence or harassment. She was a willing, active participant participant in a comedy show that involves sexualized behavior. She consented to uh, participating. She is actively engaged in and invited similar behavior with other performers other than Al Franken at the event, as recently and clearly described by journalist uh, uh, by journalist S Novi N O V I. Bocinella USO. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to read her whole uh, letter word for word. But what 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 is powerful about that is that she said what I was trying to say is that there's two different group. There's groups of these people, and if you keep putting, if you take the minimum act of kissing, although it might have been inappropriate, but it was it was it inappropriate to the level that she felt threatened, that she felt her life was in danger, that she felt her body was in danger. Did she feel that she was going to be raped by Al Franken? Did he put her in a place, or it was in a position where two people would be able to handle? Um, a conversation did he really take advantage did he take his man and put it up against her well let me ask you because i don't know enough about the al franken thing is this the only accusation no there was another accusation and again it was kissing he stood and they, they so said, there's more than one there's like there's, what two there's three? two there's two, two. and, and it, both so the one from what i'm hearing was a saturday night live skit or, or a skit or something? yeah she was going to be on the show and there was a thing where she didn't want to kiss him but she agreed to kiss him and then he he, he said that he, uh, he she said that he he stuck his tongue in her mouth he says he doesn't remember it that way regardless if we're comics and we're doing a sketch with someone and someone lets us know what they're we if it was like i don't like octopus right. and we had a chance to put an octopus on the set to 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 Take them to another level or to just to freak them out. That's what we would do. Mm. I'm not saying that, uh, that I'm going to say that he's 100% right, but did, did it raise to the level that you want to remove someone that could do greater good uh, than, than, and take him down for kissing and putting him in the same category as, a, as an actual rapist? Again, mind-filled, man. It isn't to me. It isn't to me because people's I think perception – there are some that might say one thing one way and then another thing. Another. The sensitivity of it all makes it so that you don't know how far you can go in terms of is my point of view right or is, is it wrong? Is it, you know, it just it, it's it's such a sensitive thing. Uh, we all know and can agree that it is wrong to violate anybody in any way. Uh, it's just wrong. And because it's wrong, you go, well, well, there can't be degrees of wrong. Wrong is wrong. But again, whatever your personal view is on it, it seems like you, you, what, what, what makes sense, what doesn't, no matter what you do with it, it's a, it's, it's, it's a ticket time bomb. And you just got to get rid of it before it blows up in your hands. I, I, you it's, know just, what? It's, 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 it's weird, man. It's, it's weird. I'll I, go with you that wrong is wrong. But there is a difference between someone who is shoplifting a Hot Wheels car and someone that is armed robbing someone at gunpoint. Yes. And, yes. If we, and if we can't figure out on this sexual scale where that falls... We but again, gonna, now you gonna, say sexual scale. Well, when you put the words sex, harassment, rape, violation, all of it is dangerous. It's all dangerous, but where where we have to figure out, we have to determine that there is some scale in this. And someone who kissed somebody or uh, versus someone that is actually raping someone, I think you, if you don't, can't see a difference in that, you're really... I know what you... I, I hear you. I hear we're you. We're opening up the door to lose... Uh, to lose... To lose... Right. 
I mean, I think that Al Franken leaving before there was an investigation. The second accusation, was it the same thing, kind of? He, he, I guess someone was at his office, and he said, she's, I don't really understand it, because the way I read it, they were in the office, and he tried to kiss her, or he stood in front of the door and said, I should get a kiss, and then she ran out the door, and he said, I'm famous, I deserve a kiss, or something like that. Mm. Uh, that's what she says. He said what didn't happen that way. I don't know who's right, but if, again, let's say that he's, he did say that he wanted a kiss, and he, he was like hidden that she should get a kiss. Is that, again, at the level of rape? Okay, and then, okay, and it, right. even if it's not at the level of rape, and you're, and you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, but it's the level of making someone feel uncomfortable. So uncomfortability is the line to remove someone from public office that was doing a good job for his for the, his constituents. I'm not against removing someone from office. Dave Even, Chappelle, he saves, but he, he rapes, but he saves. <laughs> what a great fucking genius fucking bit. Oh. But 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 where are we in this that we're going to we're going to go that far? I mean, I don't want to spend the whole this whole rest of this thing talking about this. But. No, I, I hear you. Uh, you know, I, I, I would love to hear. I wish I wish I don't know if it's because the podcast isn't popular enough yet or but I, w- I would love to hear a woman's perspective on this like i wish women would email you or me and just let us know wh- because again for men to assume what it is well we're, all we're left to is our assumptions we don't know and, and, and what we think we know or you know or what we want to put out there because of the sensitivity of it to women, we we need to be better educated. We we need to know if what we think is wrong or, or, or a step in the right direction, or whether we're just full of shit. Like we need to know because, and I'm gonna tell you, like even when you when you talk about the thing about, uh, yes, we all know a man should never hit a woman. A man should never put his hands on a woman. But I'll go through Twitter, and there's a lot of women who will go, yo. A man shouldn't hit a woman, but if a woman feels strong enough to hit a man like she's a man, well, then deal with the repercussions. So, you know, just when you might think, oh, well, all women probably think this way about that. There's a lot that'll go, nah, this is how we feel. We feel like you feel. But this, but, you know, hitting someone, excuse me, an actual, uh, you know, violating someone's body uh, and someone's physical space in that way and the mental and emotional that comes with that is far different from a hit. You know what I'm saying? Right. But but I just would love to get a woman's insight as to what they think about this. Well, what I didn't say in that letter, which it goes in further, if you read further into the letter, she says something about to wake up every morning after being raped and having to relive a rape is a whole lot different than having to relive the idea that someone tried to kiss you. Now, right. I, again, listen, women, if you want to set me straight, I'm at funnyhappens at gmail.com. You can email me personally. I'd like to know your opinion. I'd love to. to I'll put you on the podcast if you have an opinion that is worthwhile for us to or, throw out. Or at the very least, read, read, the, your letter, read the email. Yeah, I, I just am not, I'm not finding that. I, I think we're going to lose some people. When you start attacking Al Franken, who's done good work, I think there's a problem. I really do think there's a problem, I think. And I'm not against women getting what they deserve. I'm against overreaching. That's all I'm against. I, I, if, you, if someone is, is harming women, let, let's, get, let's get rid of them. But is this, is, is this where we're going that this is harm? Because if I look at you, and my son came home the other day. My son told me that there is a term where if you look at a woman too long, that's called eye rape now. 
sounds like an app from the phone. Well, and you know, and I'm not trying. I'm not, I'm not trying to say. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to say. Yeah, there is a problem when if I have a, fe- I, I'm going to have a fear of looking at a woman if she walks in and I find her. Uh, I find her uh, attractive. I find her clothes. Maybe she was wearing an outfit that I just saw in Us Weekly. And I thought, and it, it was on who wore it better. And it was Beyonce and it was, and Gabrielle Union. And then I said to myself, and I see this lady walking by, and I said, well, she fucking wore it better than both of them. If, if you're thinking that about U.S. Weekly and you're paying that much to the detail, you are a homosexual, my friend. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to tell you this. I'm gonna if tell you, you remember what a bitch wore in a magazine compared to another woman, no. and you see a woman wearing that, and you go, oh, my God. I, I got that you. Was, she got on the same dress from the same chick who was in U.S. Weekly. My my man, you are a homosexual. Man, I'm gonna tell and you that's this. fine. I'm going to tell you I this right now. I just didn't know it. I'm going to tell you this right now. There was a girl that I dated, and she she used to read that Us Weekly. Us Weekly. Right. And... I don't miss anything about this girl, but I'm going to tell you, I miss reading the Us Weekly in the bathroom. <laughs> it was the greatest magazine, and if you don't, if you're trying to get into the insight into some of the way women right. are thinking, that magazine showed you what it is. I, I never stay on the toilet long enough to read. Oh, uh, so I know some people do. Dude, it's, it's it, the only place in my house that I could get away from people. I know taking a shit for some people is very uh, what was the word uh, feng shuiish. You know, get, get your chi rebalanced. Get, get your chi balanced. You know, get naked, light an incense. You know, if I can take your time, take your time. Oh this my is, God. This is personal. It was between <laughs> me and me, and I and I enjoyed it. Right. So yeah, I read that Us Weekly, and I'll tell you, out of everything that I, I don't miss anything about that girl. I miss the Us Weekly, mm. and I just can't, I can't bring myself to buy it because I think it's silly. But it's one of those things that if it's silly and it's right there, right, I couldn't help take advantage of. It. But I'm just saying, if I'm looking at that girl, and she's looking at me. While I'm looking at her and she thinks I'm eye raping her, right. man, I don't know what I'm going to do. What are we going to do? We're going to wear, uh, we got to wear sunglasses to look at women or we just got to wear blinders so we can't seem like horses. We put those blinders on we the side of our head. Slips. We need permission slips. I'm telling you, the only way we're going to be able to have consensual sex is if they legalize uh, prostitution. Because then, then the, there's a binding contract because dollars were spent. There's right. an agreement, and we're done. Right. This is the direction we're headed in if we don't figure this fucking shit out. We're headed in. Some of us are already there. Well, <laughs> congratulations. Oh, boy. If you, look at, if you look at my paycheck, it doesn't make enough to get the women I would want. On uh, that. <laughs> uh, Hello, who is? <laughs> See what see what you're eliminating. What, what you're this is what we're being pushed into. It's not even our choice. It's what we're being pushed into. Speak for yourself, my friend. Ain't nobody even push. I am running towards it. Okay, as we try to get away from uh, stepping on too many toes on this one, do you want to talk about this gay wedding cake? Or do you uh, want to not talk about the game? Yeah, that game? might be enough because we're almost done. And and actually, there are two things I wanted to get into, but I'm going to save it for next podcast because I know the two things I want to talk about is going to be much longer than the time we got left. So you want, you want to tease them? You want um, to tease them? I, I, no, you know, I, I I wanted to talk a little bit about because I, I I saw an interesting program last week uh, about. I think I I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I swear to God, I can't remember half the shit from these podcasts. Did I did I mention to you the, the program I saw about? Uh, famous comedians and actors who died too young. No. Yeah, and they, they did one of them, and they ran them back to back on Belushi and Farley. And I, and I wanted. Oh, to, you did, you did, you did. did I tell talk me. about yeah, it on yeah, the podcast. No, 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 no. You just told me about it. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of talk about that, 
And then I wanted to talk about some things my manager told me about my status in Hollywood and uh, possible options. And I've been wrestling over the last 24 hours on, on what to think about it. Do you want to talk about it. that? We can do the gay wedding. We can do gay wedding next week because it's not going to be decided for a few months. It's in. It's at the Supreme Court. Here's what we'll do. No, no. Let, let's, let's close out with this. The gay wedding the cake? Gay, the gay wedding cake. Gay cakes. Gay cakes. <laughs> That's a fucking porno, nigga. That's it's like a fucking gay porno. Gay cakes. How you doing? Y'all got that gay cakes? Mm-hmm. The one with the frosting on the on, with the cream. Gay cakes. So leave that part, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you were you. You're not worried about gay cakes, but you're worried about women getting mad at you. I'm worried about both. That's what. That's what. That's what really. What, why my status in Hollywood is what it is. Mm. I'm telling you, I, I would be more worried about gay cakes than she. This one gets tricky, though. This gay. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last night. Right. This is the uh, a Colorado bakery refused to make a wedding cake for same sex couple has led to a showdown in the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court entered into the latest battleground in the culture war on Tuesday, hearing arguments in a hard fought clash between gay rights claims of religious freedoms. That was the sort of sequel to the uh, court's 2015 decision establishing constitutional rights to the same uh, sex marriage. Um, and this was about uh, about whether or not if you're a private business, if you have the right based uh, and this is based on, I guess, his uh, uh, Bible feelings uh, that uh, he couldn't support making the cake. He couldn't take his artistry to make a cake for a gay wedding or mm -hmm. same-sex marriage. And uh, so he, he, what he did, because of the law said that you have to do it, he stopped making um, custom cakes. He just stopped mm. making it. Right. So he's not making it. And what he said is that anyone any he doesn't he isn't discriminating anyone can come into his bakery they can get whatever they want they can order anything off the shelf they can get anything that he makes cookies cakes wedding cakes are in there they can order whatever they have but if they want something custom he's choosing as an artist not to make that cake for a same-sex marriage because he uh cannot get behind it because religious uh, his religious beliefs don't allow him to do that right and so and then someone I heard brought up with a, the said to me, "Well, isn't that the same as that lady who was not giving out marriage licenses because mm -hmm. the because of her religious beliefs?" And my, my 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 where I'm stuck on this, and I'm stuck, and it's hard for me because this is where really uh, the uh, test to the American experiment and laws are going to get start to really get difficult. Is um. No, it's not the same because that lady was preventing them from getting married because she wouldn't grant the license. Getting a cake does not prevent you from getting married. There's other places to get cakes at. And my feeling is that we're in America. Our economy is a financial economy. It's based on uh, a capitalism. And if someone doesn't want to make you a cake, I don't want to give them my money. I don't want to support someone who is not in favor of me as a person. I'm not going to fuel their 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 uh, financial chest with my cash when they're against me in the first place so i would my, my first inkling would have been and, and, and as a jewish person if i know people are that own businesses are anti-semitic or in the case of Giorgio armani who at one time donated money to the plo 
I didn't buy Armani clothes. I like Armani clothes, but I just didn't give money because I wasn't going to give money to people who were giving money to people that weren't supporting my causes. So that's the way that I think this would work. But they felt their rights were violated. I don't know if they felt embarrassed by it, but they uh, instead of just going and getting another cake, we're spending money to figure out a legal law. And I agree, we need to figure it out. I'm not concerned about the money spent, but we are spending money and it affects everybody who pays taxes in this country that we need to figure this out. <clears throat> yeah, I, listen, man. Uh, I'm all, Listen, love is love. Love who you want to love. Marry who you want to marry. Everybody has the right to happiness, uh, the pursuit of it, all of that. Uh, adopt kids, have families. Um, this is America, you know. Uh, everybody has the right to love and, and do all that shit. Uh, and I don't think anybody ever, 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 ever should have their rights denied because of, you know, who they choose to love and how they live their life. But I also think people have the right to feel uncomfortable. As long as me feeling uncomfortable does not violate you, does not take anything away from you, uh, does not deny you anything, does not, you know, uh, treat you less than a human being or with dignity or respect, uh, I have the right to feel uncomfortable. And, and, and I think that it's a dangerous thing when we start making people out to be evil people because they have, because of, they feel uncomfortable. Now, whether your discomfort is based on religion or just personal shit, uh, you should be able to have that right. As long as, again, you're not denying anybody anything, you're not taking anything from anybody, and as long as you're not physically hurting anyone, um, you should have the right to feel uncomfortable. And I don't understand why, you know, in an effort to be so politically correct, you are looked at or demonized because you feel uncomfortable. I, I just don't get it. Because the America that I think of... Well, before you go, go let, me, let me just, you know, it's like I, I used to do this joke on stage where I would talk about how one of, one of the reasons why people laugh at what we say as comics is because, you know, words and vision, visuals go together. Uh, on my new comedy special, when I do the joke about making fun of fat chicks, and I go, oh, and I make the biggie noise, part of why you laugh at that is because you put that visual with that noise and I go, and when I say the thing about fat black women uh, built like baked potatoes, and I go, fat black bitch baked potato, and the audience dies laughing, the, the words and the visuals go together. Words and imagery go together. Um, and it's like I've hung out with, you know, staff members after a club, and some of them, you know, some be gay dudes, and, and uh, we all sit around, and we kicking back, and drinking and smoking and people are talking free and and you know a gay dude will say some gay shit and be like um last night i was with so-and-so girl let me tell you something we pulled this cock out it was thick and veiny and i just do i sat on that motherfucker and i'm i'm in i'm hearing this and i'm i'm no matter you when you hear something you can't unhear it and you and they're instantaneously you put a vision with that. So now I'm picturing what I just heard. So in my mind, now I'm looking at gay porn. And that makes me uncomfortable. Now, I'm not saying you don't have a right to say it. Surely you do. Uh, I'm just saying, like, like, I can't feel uncomfortable. When I hear that and I 
put that visual, my first instinct goes, oh, oh, <laughs> I, I should be, that, I'm not doing that because I hate gay people. I'm doing that because that is my first inclination is to go, oh, I wasn't ready for that. I don't know that I would ever be ready for it. I'm not a fan of gay pornography. So I'm uncomfortable. Um, and I, and, I, and in a joke, I would go, look, I'm not saying we can't hang out if you gay. I'm just saying if you're going to say some gay shit like that, give me a gay delay. Give me a gay warning. Go, hey, man, we having a good time. Yeah, pass the liquor. Listen, I'm going to say some gay shit in five, four, three. Give me a five-second countdown backwards <laughs> so I can grab my cigarettes, leave the room, go smoke me a square. You can get that shit off your chest, literally. And then when I come back, I haven't heard it. You said it. Nobody gets hurt. Pass the liquor. <laughs> I, did, I just don't say why I can't feel. It's like if you're not yay, gay, something's wrong. You're evil. You're an evil person. Just because I'm not yay, gay. And, I'm, and when I say not yay, gay, again, gay people should be treated with dignity, respect. They should be able to live the same life as everybody else. Love who they love. Adopt children. Have families. Be merry, be happy, never denied nothing. We're all humans. We're all God's children. But all that being said, none of that changes what naturally in my gut is my feeling. And that makes me uncomfortable. Well, and there's some honesty to being uncomfortable. Because when I was I was in New York not too long ago, and I'm walking down the street, and I'm in a, in a gay, gay area. And uh, these two guys are kissing. They're making out. And I was like, ah. And I felt like, oh, man, you're, you know, Andy, like, why does that bother you? And then I walked towards my hotel, and then there's two, there's a, there's, a heter, there's a heterosexual couple, a man and a woman, just making out. And I was like, ah. So well, you were just as uncomfortable. I was just as uncomfortable. Why are you making out right here? It wasn't, it wasn't the act that was, it was that the, they were just, <laughs> you're outside, you're in public. I get it. You love each other, but that's why your room was made for you. Go to your room. Go to your room and be the person you want to be. I don't care what you're doing, but I just don't, I, I don't need it up in my, no one wants to go to a, a nice restaurant or you're sitting at an, and you go to the bar and there's people just like making out with each other. I, it's not what I, 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 it's not what I want to see, period. I mean, I don't care. A kiss, a nice, loving gesture, that's mm -hmm. fine. I don't want to see people almost having sex on the bar. I mean. I do. You do. I mean, I'll, I'll, watch, it on, I'll watch it on my video when I'm. I've, when, been, when I've I, been to Amsterdam, my friend. Uh, we're, we're behind. But you're prepared you to, for it. You, but you're you go prepared to Amsterdam, for it you can sit in a seat like you watching a play and see two people fucking on stage. But you were prepared for it. You went there with that intention. I'm right. talking about when I'm just hanging out and there's my kid might be there. Maybe my, my uh, maybe they're having a much better time than I ever have with my girlfriend. Right. And I'm feeling uncomfortable right. about it. Right. So uh, that, that part of being uncomfortable, I think, is a natural part of life anyway. And, and you should be able to feel uncomfortable, but you're, for whatever reason, like you said, we're not allowed to voice being uncomfortable. And I don't know why that's a problem. We should be able to voice it. There's no, listen, you're a black dude. People have voiced a long time about being uncomfortable around a black dude. <laughs> and no, I still haven't heard people go, no, we can't have this at all. You're going to have to, right. you're going to have to move over. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, I, 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 and maybe it's because of, uh, some of the, the upbringing I have as being Jewish. But what I know is when uh, Jews came to this country and uh, they found out as a Jew, because uh, it's a Christian country, they couldn't get into a certain country clubs. Jews didn't sue to get into the country club. 
Jews figured out how to open a country club down the road that was nicer than that country club and not let other people and then they built up their membership until people wanted to be in that country club and then they said well we want to be in this country club oy vey you, you i think they should came up they should have made this an opportunity for gays in this country they should have opened up gay cakes other one. Oh, that one. Oh, that was that was it yeah uh, open up gay cakes and uh and gay you cake. could have had the market cornered. You could have been you damn right. It'd gay, oh, gay with oh, your face to the wall, motherfucker. Gay owned business. Gay cakes. Gay cakes. You could have had gay cakes, and you could have made it a big business. But instead, we went Supreme Court, and we're going to make a ruling. I really don't. I think that the dude has the opportunity. It's his business, and as long as you can get a cake and you can get married, as long as you can get married, that's what you're entitled to. Get married. That's what. You should be able to move on and get a cake from somewhere else. That's that's how I just feel. I, I know that I'm going to get backlash on it because everybody's going to say that I, I, I'm being Neanderthal. My thought process, my my thought process isn't about the gays not getting the cake. My process is that if you come in and I don't like your fucking attitude, mm. I don't have to make you a cake. Mm. If I don't want to make you a fucking cake, I don't have to make you a cake. Mm. And that's bottom line. Bottom line. God damn it. Gay cakes. Gay cakes. Open up gay cakes. I wish there was. A, I wish. I wish there was. A, this all that frosting. <laughs> the cream. It should be online tomorrow. Gay cakes. I don't know what. I. It should be a gay-owned company, and it should be done, and it should be national, and you'd be making money. You'd have. You would have uh, cake makers in every city that you have set up, like FTD Florist, and they could call you, and they get the best cake in the city. And before you know it, everybody would want gay cakes. You own the gay caking business two snaps in a circle we're done (laughs) (laughs) so is the episode going to be called gay cakes or uh or what was the one you gave it talk to niggas i I knew what it was i just didn't want to say it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, talk talk to niggas about gay cakes Talk to niggas about gay cakes. <laughs> Guys, man, we really need you to get on a board with us. If you if you want us to continue to do this, man, we need some interaction. We need you to uh, tweet us. Uh, I got a few people that are tweeting back to me, but I don't have enough. Uh, send me an email, funnyhappens at gmail.com. You can, uh, you can get on my website, andycomedy.com. All my uh, social media is at the top. You can join anything. I really like Instagram right now. If you hit that up, I'd appreciate it. But I need some communication. If you're not going to talk to us, then I don't know. I don't know. What do you got, Aries? I don't know. It might be like a black business. Nice little run. But eventually it'll close shop. Who knows? Maybe we should do this in a barbershop and make it a black business. Uh, No, because then niggas will steal it and sell it somewhere. No. Uh, Ari Spears Instagram is uh, Ari Spears official Twitter uh, Ari Spears Facebook Ari Spears Pandora Ari Spears YouTube Ari Spears hit subscribe and uh, we out here alright see you soon